Let's all stand and go to page number 431. In the garden.
when my last words on earth have been spoken and my lips are sealed in death don't look on my cold form in pity don't think of me as one dead it'll just be the house I once lived in my spirit by then will have fled I'll have finished my time here allotted but I won't be in darkness alone I will have heard from heaven the summons to Jesus went to prepare, and after all is said and done, know that my last earnest prayer is that my loved ones be ready someday to meet me there. God's high and holy. Good to be in the Lord's house tonight, amen? amen. And uh, thankful to be in God's house on a Wednesday night. No better place to be at, amen? amen. And how many of you are glad you're saved? Amen. amen. And uh, glad you're on your way to heaven. And uh, thankful for the opportunity to be here tonight. I'd like for you to take your Bible tonight and go to the book of uh, Jonah, Jonah chapter number 1. Jonah chapter number 1. Jonah chapter number 1. We'll read through the whole chapter that's only 17 verses. Amen. And aren't you glad we're not reading Psalm 119 tonight? Amen. 176 verses. Um, we are not going to read that tonight. We're going to read Jonah chapter number 1. If you will, stand for the reading of the Word of God if you're able to. The Bible says in verse number 1, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. 
But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it up them. But Jonah was going down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said every one to his fellow, Come, and let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation, and whence comest thou? What is thy country, and of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be common to us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be common to you, for I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land. But they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood. For thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord, and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you help us. Lord, these next few moments, Lord, we need your touch. We need your help. I pray, God, that you'll speak to us, Lord. I pray, God, that you'll work in our hearts. God, help us to leave different than the way we came in. And we'll thank you. We'll praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. I love the book of Jonah. Jonah, I guess you can say, is kind of an interesting, interesting book and an interesting character. Kind of uh, sums up about our life sometimes when it comes to uh, things. How many of us have ever had somebody we really did not want to witness to? Let's just be honest. Anybody ever been that way? I mean, I don't want to witness to them because they've been a bad person and they've done this wrong and they've done that wrong. If you know anything about Nineveh, Nineveh was actually one of the capital cities of Assyria. If you look at it in today's uh, modern day, it is actually modern day Iraq. And so if you think about that, Jonah was called to go to Nineveh. If you look at verse number 2, he said, Arise, go to Nineveh, that 
great city and cry against it for their wickedness is come up before me. You find the calling of Jonah to go to Nineveh. But then in verse number 3, you find him fleeing from the presence of the Lord. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. If God was going to go this way, Jonah was going to go this way. If God was going to go that direction, he was going to find some other way to get away from the direction of the Lord. That is a sad place to be in. That is a bad place to be in, church. That is a bad place when God has has told us specifically, hey, this is what I want you to do. But yet you walk away from it and you say, no, that's not what I want to do. But you don't understand how bad these people were. Nineveh was a wicked city. In verse number, uh, in verse number 2, the Bible says that wickedness had come up before God. This city was just not a this city was not a good city, if you will. This city was not a, a grand and glorious city. This city was not uh, just something that you could imagine and sitting there just having your doors wide open. I mean, you, you think about the city, it was a wicked city, but God had a message for them. God also had a messenger for them. There are three things I want to give you tonight, and the title of tonight's message is this, Life Lessons Learned from the Life of Jonah. Life Lessons Learned from the Life of Jonah. Would you look with me in verse number 5? The Bible, or let's start there in verse number 4. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the, te- into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Now, I don't know about y'all, but if I, 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 I don't, my daddy had a boat. He had one of them bass boats that he went out and did fishing in. So I, I think I went one time with him on that boat. I really didn't care for it. But these people, they had been on a boat many and many and many and many and many and many a time. They had been on this thing. They had they they had been through storms. They had been through uh, troubles. That they had been through many storms that had seemed like it was just going to overturn the boat. But yet they were sitting and going and going and going, and they're still going. And they know how to get through the storm. But this storm right here, the Bible says that the ship was like to be broken. This is a storm that they cannot handle. This is a storm that they are not able to get with. This is a storm that they're not able to, uh, not able to, uh, if you will, overturn. It's not something that man has brought on. This is something that God has brought on. By the way, it's all because of Jonah's life and Jonah's running away that this storm has come about. Now look with me in verse number 5. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it up them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. Number one of a life lesson learned from the life of Jonah. Number one, you will not consider the people that will be hurt by you by your disobedience. You will not consider the people that will be hurt by your disobedience. 
You understand that the Bible says that Jonah was sleeping. While Jonah was sleeping, they were screaming. While Jonah was while Jonah was dreaming about Nineveh being destroyed, while Jonah had all that in his mind, while Jonah was snoring, while Jonah was having a good time, these men in that boat were trying to figure out how in the world they were going to make it through the storm. Jonah did not care. He did not have in his mind at all of who it was going to hurt when he walked away from God. The problem with America today is we've walked away from God and we've not considered who it's hurting. We've got a generation after generation after generation that knows nothing about God because of the people that have walked away from the Lord. And we've not considered who we are hurting. You say, Brother Justin, was it hurting the men? They were in the boat. They're in despair while Jonah is dreaming. They're crying out. They're screaming on the top of their lungs while Jonah is snoring. Let me give you four different people that are, that are hurt by our disobedience. Number one, our family is hurt by our disobedience. Our family is hurt by our disobedience. You may, not, you may not see it right now. You may not see it down the road. It might be 20 years from now. But I'm going to tell you something. There are people that are in our family that is hurt by our disobedience. You say, how do you know that? If you go over there to 2 Samuel chapter number 11 and you read about David and Bathsheba, guess what? He had to pay for it fourfold. David was not considering who it was going to hurt. David was not considering who, who he was going to be, who was going to be hurt by his sin. All he was focused on was himself. Man, I get to stay at home. I don't have to go out to battle. Everything's just going to be just fine. Everything's just going to be wonderful, grand, and glorious. I'm telling you what, it's going to be great. But later on, there's four people, four generations that's going to die simply because of David's sin. Think about this. How about Achan? Remember old Achan in Joshua chapter number 7? They had just come out. By the way, let me just say this. Be careful after every victory because you better be careful. If you're not careful, you'll have a vicious fall. Joshua chapter number 6. They have gone through the land. They have gone through uh, Jericho. They've conquered Jericho. They've, watched the, they've walked around that city six times, one time per day for six days. And then on the seventh day, they walk around that city seven times. Thirteen times in all have they walked around this city. And they're walking and they're walking and they're walking. Finally, after the thirteenth time around, they got the, they got the uh, priest out there. They're going to blow the trumpet. And as soon as they blow the trumpet, the people are going to shout and all of a sudden the walls are going to come down and they're going to go into the land and they're going to conquer Jericho. But God gave them one command. Just one. Do not take of the accursed thing. The Bible tells us in Joshua chapter number 7 and verse number 1 that Israel trespassed in the accursed thing. There was a man by the name of Achan he had seen things. He had, he had noticed it. If you go there to Joshua chapter number 7, I want you to see this. And he said in verse number, 
In verse number 21 of Joshua 7, it says, When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them and took them, and behold, they are hid in the, in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. At first, he's just thinking, hey, this ain't going to hurt. I like this stuff. This is great. Uh, even though God's told me not to touch this stuff, even though God's told me not to mess with this stuff, guess what? I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to flee, if you will. I'm not going to do what God wants me to do right here because I've got some fleshly desires. Not only did it cost Israel that day, because the Bible tells us in verse number 4, so there went up thither of the people about 3,000 men, and they fled before the men of Ai. They could have won this battle easily. They could have won the battle had they have followed instructions, had they have listened to God. Oh, Achan wasn't concerned about who it was going to hurt. But the Bible says there, think about this, the Bible says that Ai smote of them about 36 men. 36 men died because of Achan's sin. Not only did 36 men die, but the Bible says in verse number 24, And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver, and the garment, and the wedge of gold, and his sons, and his daughters, and his oxen, his oxen, and his asses, and his sheep, and his tent, and all that he had, and they brought them unto the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? Uh, troubled us. The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones, and burned them with fire, after they had stoned them with stones. Not only cost Israel, and not only cost his life, but it cost the rest of his family's life. Your sin, your and my sin, our disobedience, our family is hurt by it. But how about this? Our church is hurt by our disobedience. Our church is hurt by our disobedience. If you go away from God and you go away from the Lord and you start talking about, you start living the way you want to live and acting the way you want to act, but yet you say that you go to this church, that puts a bad name on the church, don't it? Man, they, they, they've got, they've got, they've got uh, uh, what do you call them, double standard Christians, if you will. Half, half, uh, half Christian, half world. God doesn't call us. God calls us to be on one side or the other. Think about it. You're either going to live for the Lord or you're going to live for Satan. One of the two. You can't live for Him on Sunday. Live for God on Sunday. Monday and Tuesday. Live for the world. And then on Wednesday, live for God again. And then on Thursday and Friday and Saturday, live for yourself and then come back to church on Sunday. It just don't work that way. The world is seeing what is in here tonight. They know exactly how you are out there. And they, the church can be hurt by our disobedience. How about this one? Our city and our nation is hurt by our disobedience. We're seeing that as, by the way, we're seeing that as a direct result right now. People, people years ago that had a chance to stand up for what was right, they kept quiet, and guess what? We're seeing the problems that we're seeing in America from that. You say, oh, it's just Washington, D.C. No, it's not Washington, D.C. 
It's not, it's not the, it's not the South Carolina, uh, capital. It's not the, it's not North Carolina. It's not just any place in America. I'm gonna tell you something. If the Christians would have said something, if the Christians would have done something right, if we were to stand up and do what we were called to do, instead of being quiet, I'm telling you what, we would see a lot of things different in this day and hour. The last thing about those that are going to be hurt by us, and this is a sad thing, the lost are the ones that are the most hurt by our disobedience. You must realize that every day that Jonah did not get right with God, there were those that died in their sin. They say every second two people die. Within a minute, 120 people die. People don't stop dying because of your disobedience. It's not like there's just a, it's not like everything just stands still because you're not right with God. People still go away from God. People still die and go to hell every single day. There are people that are dying and going to hell every day. There are people that die and going to heaven every day. But the people that are hurt by your disobedience and by my disobedience is those that are lost. The longer you stay away from God and what God has for you in your life, the more people will die lost without Christ. I don't know how it is down here at Myrtle Beach, but where I'm from up there in Monroe, people are moving in like crazy. I mean, they are moving in. They're building houses after house after house after house after house. But you know what I've noticed? People move out as quick as they move in. People are moving out somewhere as they moved in. I thought about this. Jonah, if he had went to Nineveh, if he had done what he was supposed to do and went to Nineveh right then and there, he probably could have caught somebody that moved out of Nineveh before they moved out. He probably could have caught somebody that needed to hear the gospel message Right then and there. But you know what? He stayed behind and decided to go another direction. Can you imagine the people that are dying lost without Jesus Christ? Because we'd go a different direction. They had a problem with the, the, the Jews had a problem with the Samaritans. The Jews did not like the Samaritans. But what did Jesus tell us? In Acts chapter 1. We're witnesses both in Jerusalem... And in Judea. And in where? Samaria. That's the people that that's the people that other people didn't like. That was the people that everybody wanted to stay away from. That was the people that when they were walking on this side of the road, everybody else went on the other side of the road just to stay away from them. That's the people that that's the people that are sitting there every single day at your work that you don't want to talk to. That's the people every day that's out here in the community that you think that they're going to church and you think they're saved, but if you would just go tell them, you might find something different. But every day you walk away from God. Every day you, just, you don't care. You don't even think about who's being hurt by your disobedience. There are people that are being hurt by your disobedience. 
There are people that are being hurt by our disobedience. You say, what are you saying? I'm saying tonight, it's time to consider. It is time to consider who's being hurt by our disobedience. Number two, look at this. In verse number, verse number six. So verse number five, he's laying there sleeping. Verse number six, the Bible says, So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. If so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. Now if you look back at verse number 5, you find that the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God, the little g. They're getting nowhere with their God. They're crying out. They're trying to get him to say something. They're trying their best to get their God to hear them. Now we just read the whole chapter. And I've got a King James Bible. Amen? I don't see anywhere in chapter number 1 where Jonah called on his God. When asked, cry unto your God, call upon thy God, call upon thy God, he never one second did. He never called unto the Lord. So number one, you will not consider the people that will be hurt by your disobedience. But number two, you will not care to call unto God. By the way, you're running away. You're not going to call somebody up and say, Hey, bud, just so you know, I'm running away from you. But hey, these people need you. Hello? If I'm running away from somebody, I don't want to get together and have a conversation with them. Y'all know I'm right. I can tell you how close you are to God by your prayer life. You say, Brother Justin, how do you know that? Because Jonah was away from God and he didn't even care to call on God. He didn't even care to pray. Everybody's in distress. Everybody's in despair. Everybody's in the place to where they, they, they are, they're willing to do anything. They're willing to go with anybody. If you would just call on your God and ask Him to help us, maybe He will. Jonah said, no, I'm good. By the way, I'm running away from him, remember? I, I don't want to talk to him. I'm running away from him. Because I know what he's going to say because he already gave me the call in verse number 2. He already said, arise and go to Nineveh. And I don't want to go there and I'm running away. You think I'm going to go back and talk to him? Because I know exactly what he's going to say. He's going to say, get out of that boat right now. Go to Nineveh and preach to them. Like I told you. But no, we ain't going to do that. I ain't going to call on God. Listen, I tell you what. We'll just sit here and I, we'll, just, uh, we'll try to ride out the storm. You think we can do that? Think about this. Jonah created the storm that they were in. But Jonah could not stop the storm that he created. You can create storms tonight, but you can't stop storms. You can make it hard on somebody else's life. You can make it hard, but you are not going to be able to stop the storm without the help of God. You're just not going to be able to. Think about it. 
your prayer life obviously will not be where it needs to be because when others are going through the storm that you have put them in and they ask you to pray, you will not be able to. Like I said, do you want to find out how close to God you are? A simple way to find out is how often do you commune with God? How often do you talk to Him? Do you even have a desire to talk to Him? Do you even have a desire? I met with a pastor yesterday for lunch. And he asked me about if I had talked to another pastor. And I said, brother, you're the only person I've talked to today. And this is what he said, I hope not. I hope you talk to God before you talk to me. I said, you know, I said, I did. I said, but, you know, I was talking about earthly speaking. There ain't no way I can pick up my phone and dial 1-800-HEAVEN and get up there and let the Lord just start talking to me. He talks in a still, small voice. He talks to His Word. I talk to Him through prayer. He speaks to me through His Word. But you know what? Some of us have no desire to pray. Some of us, some of us, we ain't prayed in a long time. That shows how close to God you are. You realize after they had tried, after they tried and failed, they went to the person that could get through, but he couldn't. He could have called on the Lord. He could have said, Lord, I know I've run away from you. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I believe that's true. If you confess, that does not mean to say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. Confession is admitting that you've done wrong. And not only just admitting that you've done wrong, but admitting what you have done wrong. I don't care who you are, if you're in court and you've been, you've been put in front of a judge because you've done something wrong, they want a confession out of you. They don't want to just hear you say, I'm sorry. Hello? They're not going to want to sit there and go, okay, well tell us what you did. Well, I'm sorry. I don't know about y'all, but that ain't going to hold up. What are you sorry for? What did you do wrong? They want to hear... I did it. My stepdaddy loves Perry Mason. Anybody else like Perry Mason? Raise your hand if you like Perry Mason. He likes Perry Mason. I wish we could watch something else other than, other than Perry Mason and cooking and the news. I, I would like to, you know, throw a little bit of Andy Griffith in there every once in a while, but he thinks, you know, Barney Fife, he's seen every episode and all that. I said, well, you've seen every, every episode of Perry Mason. But anyhow, he's got to watch that over and over again. But you know what? They try to get and on Perry Mason. Y'all know how it is. They try to get that one person that says, Okay, I did it. I'm the one. Well, what do you expect? I'm the one that did it. They want a confession. They want a confession. The problem was Jonah, at this point, he wasn't willing to confess because he wasn't willing to call. At this point, he's sitting there and he's like, I'm not going to call on the Lord. I'm not going to talk to the Lord. Can I ask you a question? When loved ones can't pray, can they come to you and ask for prayer? 
When you have church members that are, are straying away from the Lord and, they, and they're in despair and they're in a storm, can they go to you and ask you for help? When your family's down and they don't know where to turn, can they call you and say, Hey, would you just help us? Would you help us pray? Most of the reason why people ask people to pray is probably because they can't pray themselves. You got the lost, they say, pray for me. Pray for me. When the lost comes up to you and says, I know I need to be saved, would you pray for me? Can you pray for them? Or are you sitting there going, well, you know, I, I will, but then walk away. I don't even do it. I've learned it's better just go ahead and stop right what you're doing. Just pray right then and there. You say, why is that? Because that helps me to remember to pray for them. I prayed for them one day. I prayed for them at this time. I need to pray for them again. I was at the at the crack barrel just today for lunch. And the waitress come up and I was fixing to pray and I said, Ma'am, is there anything I can pray with you about? So I'm fixing to pray over my meal. Is there anything I can pray with you about? She told me. And I said, I'll pray right now. She walked up later. She said, I appreciate you doing that. You don't know how much people are looking for somebody to pray for them. Amen. But you know the sad part about it is the way some of us live our lives, we can't even pray for people because we don't want to call. We don't want to call. Number one, you will not consider the people that will be hurt by your disobedience. Number two, you will not care to call on God. Number three, you must confess you are the problem for why others are not going forward. The Bible says in verse number 7, And they said everyone to his fellow, Come and let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. If you know anything about lots, casting lots was something they would do to determine who was at fault or who would get things. In today's day and age, and even in back in the uh, in the New Testament in Matthew chapter twenty-seven, they, the soldiers cast lots to find out who was going to get the garments of Jesus. It was more of a gambling. It's become more gambling than anything else in this day and time. But back then, they cast lots to find out who was at fault. The Bible says here that they cast lots. The Bible says, and the lot fell upon Jonah. They pinpointed him. They pinpointed him. The Bible says, then said they unto him, tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us? What is thine occupation? And whence comest thou? And what is thy country? And of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am in Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Now notice the phrase there, I fear the Lord. Jonah didn't have too much fear of God because if he did, he would have departed from evil. So how you know that? The Bible says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Hello? Y'all with me? How much, do you, how much do you fear God tonight? How much do you hate evil? How much can you put up with? Jonah's putting up with a lot. After the storm, he should have said, boys, we need to turn this thing around let's get back to land. 
But no. We're going to stay out here as long as we can because I do not want to go back over there because I know if I go back over there, God's going to call me to Nineveh. He said, I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. All Jonah had to say was that he was a Hebrew and that he feared the God of heaven. And that made these men fearful and afraid according to verse number 10. They were afraid. Knowing that they've got God's man that's running away. That's been called to do something and is running away. They were afraid. So when you are going away from God, you will not tell others who you are until things get bad and they ask you. They won't know that you're a Christian. But when judgment starts happening, what's going on? Why why is this happening to us? I can tell you why. I'm the one at fault. You can tell somebody you're the one at fault when you do something wrong. Notice verse number 9, you find the confession in verse number 9. We just read it, and he said, I am in he said unto them, I am in Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the uh, sea and the dry land. You find the contemplation in verse number 11. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee that the sea may be common to us? For the sea was wrought and tempestuous. They said, What do we need to do? You find the command in verse number 12. You also find another confession in verse number 12. Suddenly he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be common to you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. He said, This is what you do, and this will give you calm because I'm the problem. He had to admit that he was the problem. Notice verse number 13. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land, but they could not. For the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. You know what they couldn't do? They couldn't keep Jonah any further. They tried tried to get him over to the land. Just if we can get him over there, if we can just go a little further, if if we can go, we want this guy safe. We want this guy safe and sound. But the safest place that he would ever be in is in the perfect will of God. The safest place that you'll ever be in and I'll ever be in is the perfect will of God. Not our will, not something that we want. And by the way, we don't need to bring others into our little problems and help let them help us try to get further away. Because God will judge them just like He'll judge us if they're Christians. Think about this. Sadly, the men tried to find another way to get through the storm, but to no avail. Does that sound like America? We try to no avail to get God to be pleased with our life or try to calm the storm that we've created. But to no avail, we can't. You say, why? We just got to call on God. We got to go to Him and say, Lord, you're going to have to stop this. This is the place that you're going to have to stop. This is the place, this is the thing that you're going to have to do. You and you alone. 
You find in verse number 15, you find the casting and the calm. The Bible says, so, the, so he took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Verse number 16, you find the consecration. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. They made a vow. You know what they probably said? They probably said, next time we're going to make sure these people are right with God before we get them on our boat. Because I've had enough of what's going on here. Amen. They made vows. They said, we don't want this to go on again. But then you find the catch. It wasn't a man catching a fish. It was a fish catching a man. The Bible says, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. I want you to notice something. I thought this was interesting. Verse number 4, But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. Notice that. The wind obeyed the Lord. Verse number 17, The fish obeyed the Lord. But you got a man that's running away from God that will not. A man that's probably preached. A man that's probably said, This is what thus saith the Lord. But yet he's running away. I want to ask you tonight... How many times have you sat there and you said, Hey, this is what's right. This is what's right, but yet you're running away. Other things are following the Lord, but you're not. Maybe your prayer life is not where it needs to be. Have you considered tonight who is being hurt by your disobedience? How's your prayer life? Can someone that can't pray come to you for prayer? Let me ask you this. Do you need to confess that you're the problem? For why others are not going forward. And why others are not seeing things that could that they could enjoy. Maybe you're not away from maybe you're not away from the Lord, and maybe your prayer life is where it needs to be. But can I remind you there's always there's always a lesson to be learned. You say, Well, I'm not away from God, but you may need this when you are away from God. You may need to remember these things when you are away. Because I guarantee you. Every, every now and then, every once, every once in a while, we get away from the Lord. Amen. You say, how do you know that? Because we're all human. My spirit got saved, but my flesh didn't get saved. There's always a constant battle. In John or Matthew chapter number 6, you find the, the model prayer. A lot of people call it the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is not until John 17. But in the model prayer, Jesus said, Pray, lead us not into temptation. When was the last time you said, Lord, help me not to fall into temptation today? When was the last time you talked to the Lord about that? Or have you not talked to Him? Are you like Jonah? You're away from God. God's told you something that you need to be doing tonight. And you're running away from it. You're not going to call on Him. You're not going to consider the people that are hurt by you. But you've got to confess. You must confess. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed. Father.